WTVQ Radio Worth Listening To, and you're listening to The Real Real Estate Show with me, myself, Grace Warren, and my co-host today, Kim Starks. Good morning, Grace. Good morning, and we have a special guest here today, Mike Van Manzart, who does our Mortgage Minute, is actually here with us today. We're going to talk with him about um, credit repair. That's right. Credit repair. That is the topic today. Do you want to jump into short sales? Yeah, we're going to talk about that as well this morning, I think, uh, because we've had a lot of questions from people about it. So we thought we'd bring that up again. People are are not quite clear about what a short sale is. So... um, and don't forget that this is a call-in show, so we would really love to hear from you if you have any questions at all about anything that we talk about on the show or any time. Uh, the number to call in is 845-651-1110, or you can text your questions at 845-397-7743. So I guess uh, I wanted to see, too, what you did this weekend, Kim. What I did this weekend, I had two open houses. I had held an open house on Saturday and on Sunday. And the one on Saturday was a little better attended. I think the weather yesterday kind of put a damper on things. I noticed that the farmer's market wasn't as busy as it normally is. The weather was kind of not very good for that. Um, But the people that did show up at the open houses, it was all positive feedback. And it just gave me... um, more, uh, you know, security that there's still people looking out there. And uh, a lot of them are from out of the area, actually, which was really nice. And do you think that they came because they're just checking out the area and they happen to see the sign? Or did they come specifically for the uh, open house? Uh, well, most of them, they all saw it on the website and they were checking out the area. All of Pretty much all of them were, were new people. Just checking out the area, scoping it out. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I think on um, Friday, one of them was in the village of Florida on Friday, and they had a tricky tray or something on Saturday. So there was something going on on Saturday. It was a little busy, which was... Was that at the fire department? Yes. EMS, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I saw the sign. I drive through there all the time. So that was pretty much my weekend. How about you? Well, I spent a lot of time fielding calls and showing a... um, a rental property that I have in the village of Florida right now, it's uh, above Rookies. And I don't know if anybody realizes uh, Rookies building that burned down a couple of years ago and they rebuilt it. Right. It looks so beautiful. It is beautiful. And tomorrow we'll take the office through the apartment that's rented. There's four apartments there and there's the one available. So we'll look at that. But it's a great apartment. It's $1,500 a month, two bedrooms. Really, really very nice apartment. Great we haven't location. Found the right, yeah, it is a great location. We haven't found the right tenant yet for that place. But well, you will. I'm sure. I'm How sure. about you, Mike? What'd I you worked do? all weekend. I saw you. I know. <laughs> I, know. I was in the office early, and he's there working working yeah, away early, stop. early. Sunday, Sunday, I went appliance shopping. That was fun. But yeah, Saturday, <laughs> was just what working. kind of appliances? <laughs> Wait a for washer, a washer dryer. Don't and... buy stuff if you're going to take out a mortgage. Don't go buying stuff. Uh, I already submitted my application for my mortgage, so <laughs> I'm sure that it will be fine. Yes, Mike. Mike is now a buyer, so he sees <laughs> what his buyers see all the time now. So it's interesting right yeah it's to fun. be on that I mean, side i love it because i know exactly what's going to get asked for so i submit the perfect package and it's going to get cleared <laughs> in day one but <laughs> well we wish all of them were like that and actually when we work with you pretty much they're all yeah they try to go smooth yeah they're all very smooth actually 
So I guess we should get into these short sales. Um, somebody had asked us the question, you know, again, what exactly is a short sale? So we'll try to explain it again. It is, it's when a seller or a homeowner owns a property, they still own the property, and they owe more money than it is worth. So let's just say for argument's sake, the property is worth about $200,000 and they owe $300,000. So they can't get out of this house unless they do a short sale. Or so, pull money out of their bank. Or pull money out of their <laughs> bank. And it depends, yeah. you know, if it's a couple thousand dollars, $10,000, maybe they can do it. But usually if it's, you know, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 100,000, it's really difficult for some people, most people to be able to do that. So what they do is a short sale. So it, they still own the property. They have to be in default to do it, or the bank will not allow them to do it. Um, so that would mean that they have to stop paying their mortgage. And then, you know, at that point, you know, you'd be marketing the house like it was a regular uh, listing as far as we're concerned, but you have to then pay the difference. Somehow you have to come up with a difference. And if you can't, then the bank has to either forgive it or they have to allow it to happen. There's so many things that can happen about it, with it. Um, it's, it's not so easy to do. It sounds easy, but it's definitely not. It's not. <laughs> and, and I know we, we had mentioned this before. Mike, you can probably answer this. How long after somebody has successfully closed on a short sale, how long does the uh, previous owner have to wait before they can apply for another mortgage and buy another house? It's three years, typically, depending on the program. Conventional, I believe it's four or five years, but FHA is your first shot at getting a mortgage again, and it's a three-year waiting period. But it's not based on what reports to credit. It's when ownership interest changes. So that's the biggest thing that we run into because people get notices in the mail. They're, you know, oh, your short sale is complete. But until that person that buys that short sale actually takes ownership, meaning it transfers. The from, title yeah, transfers. Yeah, the title transfers. Mm -hmm. And it's a new person on the deed. That is the date that we go off of for financing. So you could short sale in May and the, di the deed didn't transfer until June. We're going to go off that June date whenever new ownership took place. Okay, right, right, right. So a question that we've had in the past was why should someone do a short sale rather than do a foreclosure? How does that, what's the difference in the effects of the credit? They're both going to negatively impact your credit substantially. I mean, this, the minute you start missing mortgage payments, your score is going to drop. So in terms of short sale versus foreclosure, they show almost the same on credit. We don't actually see, it doesn't list short sale. Um, it'll say settled for less than owed or something like that. It doesn't stand out as a short sale. You kind of have to pick through it a little bit. Um, but yeah, there is a chance though that the creditor, for instance, I represented, well, I had a client that had a short sale. Actually, he started a short sale and got all the way through the, to the end with the buyer. And the bank at the end of the day said, we're not going to continue with the short sale. And they ended up foreclosing on him. Oh my so gosh. he went through all that, you know, continued to pay what he needed to pay and certain, you know, taxes, et cetera. And then basically they, they took the house anyway. That's so awful. it's, yeah, it's, it's not that good. <laughs> Obviously it's, it sucked for him, but, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, he had a first and second mortgage. In this case, the second mortgage company was actually still trying to collect the debt, which, you know, they can do. 
um, but it showed on his credit as a charge-off. So once they report it as a charge-off, it says, my hands are clean, I'm not trying to collect this debt, but really they still kind of go after him after the fact. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's very confusing. There's and so many pieces to that puzzle, and everyone is completely different. Everyone is. Exactly, I was just going to yeah. say, depending on the bank, depending on the is, seller, exactly. If there's a second bank involved, and quite often there is a home equity line on, on a property, and, you know, and, and the first bank is only going to give that second bank a certain a, amount, a very small if any, amount, if any. If I mean, any. they really, that's the part of having, being in a second lien position. You are not, you know, here's first, here's second, you know. They're, they're, they don't have to give them anything, technically. Right. And Grace, I know you've had some that you've gotten approved within a matter of a couple of a months. Couple of months. Yep. I'm still working on one that's going on nine months. That well, we, we, We've only got preliminary approval, and there's a chance, they said, that the bank may come back and counter. Oh. And, you know, after all of this, my buyer has paid for everything, appraisal, home inspection, you know, everything down the line, and just waiting and waiting and waiting. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that it all turns out fine, but it's it's just, it, it's frustrating for everybody involved. And I just wish that the banks would be more on board with it. Especially for the buyers too, because, you know, you have a buyer that wants to get into a house in, in so many cases, like what you're mm -hmm. saying, I have one right now that their original offer was placed on the property in it was October or November of 2015. Oh my gosh. And we just got an approval from the bank. Right. So now, you know, this was, I think, May 22nd, something like that. And they want us to close in 30 days. Exactly. So Once now we have to get a mortgage in 30 days. Exactly. Guess who's helping us with that? Good old Mike. Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. I Once they, they get the it. price on him too, though. His original price was X amount, and then the bank came back and raised it. And that's what approval. they do yeah. after yeah. all of that. It was seven thousand dollars more. And my client at that point was just like, I don't care. I need. To, I, I just want to buy this house. It was right. a good deal. And, and that's the thing about buying a short sale is typically you are going to get a good deal on the property. Right. And sometimes waiting so long, they've lost other opportunities because they want to hold out and, and continue with the process. But in the meantime, other homes that could be good candidates come on the market and, and off and it, they've lost. And in the meantime, the bank isn't, isn't helping any at all. So no, well, the bank kind of is like, well, we don't own this property. So they're not that interested in closing it at that point. You know, they, they're more interested in I don't know, doing the foreclosure, sometimes I got to wonder. I know, exactly. So on that note, uh, we are going to be taking a break, uh, going to a commercial. And don't forget, if you have any questions, please give us a call, 845-651-1110. We will be back. Stay tuned. This is Kim Starks, associate broker with Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty for the past eight years. Although I'm based in Warwick, I service all of Orange County. When you're ready to make a move, you can be sure that my top priority is making your journey in buying or selling a property as smooth and stress-free as possible. For more information, visit KimberlyStarksRealtor.com or call 845-258-7290. Hi, this is Veronica Daugherty, a licensed real estate agent for 12 years with Better Homes and Gardens Brand Realty. Although based in Warwick, I also serve Orange, Sullivan, and Ulster counties. My primary goal is to ensure that your home buying or selling experience is successful, meets your needs and desires, and is stress-free. 
For more information, visit veronicadaugherty.randrealty.com or call 845-544-5807. Hi, this is Marcia Talbot, a licensed real estate broker of Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty, specializing in residential land and vintage homes. Rest assured that I will make your experience smooth and pleasant and hold your hand through the entire process. As a resident of Orange County since 1976, I know every nook and cranny of this area. Please contact me at marcia.brandrealty.com for the best experience in your buying or selling process. Hi, this is Dan Castricone, host of the Dan Castricone Radio Show every Thursday from 12 to 1. We'll talk some politics, have guests, current events, always lots of fun. Thursdays, 12 to 1 on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. Hi, this is Dr. David Leach, the superintendent of the Warwick Valley Central School District and host of Your Schools. Listen every Monday at 12 noon to learn what's happening in your schools right here on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. WTBQ. I'm going to make this place your home. We are back at WTBQ Radio, worth listening to, and we are talking about short sales and credit issues today, and I think we have a caller. Good morning. This is Grace. How can I help you? Yes, good morning, Grace, and good morning, Mike. I just had a question regarding short sales and the reference to tax liability if, you know, it's sold for less, you know, if it's sold for if it's worth X, Y, and then it's sold for, you know, Y, where, who takes the tax liability? Does the mortgage person or does the, the person selling the property? The person selling the property. Okay, so if, if there is a short amount uh, on the short sale, then they're liable for that amount. Well, it's, considered, it's considered income, yeah. It, it can, can be, be considered right. taxable income. Yeah, I definitely ask a CPA because there are laws in place that there was some forgiveness laws in place, but... I would defer it definitely to a CPA to better answer your question there. But yeah, I have seen it, I mean, on people's tax returns where they had a short sale and you can see the amount that they forgave was $100,000 and they paid income on it, you know, or income tax on it. So um, yeah, it's something to talk to a CPA about. The past several years, the um, federal government has forgiven that, but I'm not sure that it actually has passed again for this year, for 2017. I'm not sure that it passed, and I know Mike had mentioned earlier that it could be, it depends. It could be forgiven. Maybe it depends on the bank. Depends on the bank, yeah. I've seen them go after people after the fact, you know. So. Right, right. Exactly. Right, so the laws do change, and it's something that somebody should consult their CPA. Definitely, Absolutely. yeah. Tell them the amount. Tell them what the tax obligation or, you know, they'll tell you what the tax be. Yeah, would be exactly. on it. Because obviously it's going to, you know, if it's a significant amount, it's going to change their their tax bracket right you know, exactly so it could you know be a, a a big issue for somebody if they're if they do that right right so they should know all all of the ramifications before they absolutely. go into a short sale yep and what's involved and be very clear on that right absolutely yeah i'm seeing short sales less and less in the market in all honesty um because the uh you know the the market's picking up again and lenders know that so they're not really as willing to you know, allow a short sale when they know that chances are if they wait a little longer, they can get the value that they want for the house. Right. You know, so That's interesting to hear that, though. And doesn't a you. short sale have to be if it's a, a certain circumstance, whether it be medical? There has or to be a hardship. 
and that right. is part of the the um, approval, short sale yeah. package and approval. There has There's to be a proven criteria that, that, that yeah. you have to meet and guidelines with the bank as well, right? Yes, yes, of course. Right. You know, it has. You know, it could be divorce. It could be um, loss of a job or. Um, you know, there's different circumstances, but yes, that's something that they would have to they would have to prove. And you, right. not only your your bank and your um, your CPA, but also an attorney, definitely. An attorney that an attorney. does short sales, exactly. That's that very has important. experience with it because not all attorneys have done them. Right, exactly. There's right, lots. and is that something that the realtors convey to the the clients? Well, we do. Is, I'm not. I, I can't speak for every for realtor out there, yeah, but right. I, I certainly do. I know Kim would definitely. Yeah, if you're enter, right. if you're in a position where you need assistance and you're you're thinking about the possibility of having to to sell short, then definitely we'll help you. You know, with the process, I'm and short to sales determine certified. if it's even worth it for you to do it. Exactly. Between the bank, your CPA, attorneys, you know, we can all work as a team and help you out. And is it better, I mean, is there one approach versus another approach that's better for credit, better for, you know, somebody, you know, walking away? Is there, is there one approach versus another that somebody should, you know, logically go through? Mike, I'll let you answer that. There's not one better that I'm aware of. I mean, the, the requirements after, you know, the date that the short sale or foreclosure, for instance, takes place are the same. So the impact on your credit is going to be the same. The minute you start missing mortgage payments, your credit will go down. Um, it's just all about reestablishing okay, credit if, after the fact. If you look fact. at it this way, you have a regular sale, then you have what would be the next step down. There's the short sale and then, then, then a foreclosure, or how would that... It depends Work on your situation. I mean, if you're, right. if you're foreclosed, I don't know the reason that you would be foreclosing on a house, but, you know, would you have a short sale get approved if you still have steady income to support the loan? You know, there has to be whether if, or a foreclosure, you're just opting to not pay, you know, there's a difference. A short sale, you're submitting all of your income documents to the bank to get approval of that short sale. If right. you're still making money and can afford your payments, they're less likely to give you that approval. With a foreclosure, if you just stop paying, they're going to foreclose. You don't have to submit any documentation, you know, to them in order to foreclose. You just basically toss your hands up and let them take it, but it will take time. It takes a lot longer yeah. for a foreclosure. And what about a deed in lieu of foreclosure? What is that? That's basically like you just turn over the keys, you know, but there's still there's still and obligations they don't always, if they sell it for less than what you owe. Yeah, and they and, don't always accept it. Yeah, if there's a second mortgage, you can't do that. Right. So, so there again, the criteria and the situation is what what, what bears the, the whole thing. There. Exactly. Yeah, it's definitely right. if it's something that anyone's considering, I always say just talk to an attorney first and then go from there, you know, and right. then talk to a realtor, then go over your options. Hey, what can I sell it for if I short sell it? You know, things like that. Right. right. You have to consult with the professionals and exactly. go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Thank okay, you for thank your you call. Very much. All right. Thank thanks. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. Okay, well, thank you for the call in. And uh, just as a reminder, this is the Real Real Estate Show with our host, Grace Warren from Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty. And we have Mike Van Mansart from Hudson United. And I am here, Kim Starks, also associate broker at Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty. So, so do you want to tie that in the fact that, you know, all right, so let's say you did foreclose, you did short sale, regardless of what you did. Let's just say that your credit has gone down now, right? Right. So now so, you're like, all right, I want to get back into the world. I want to start buying again. What and, do you do to get there? And you need to repair right. your or credit. Or not even, yeah, for instance, let's just say that you don't, you never bought a house, you didn't foreclose, but you still need to get your credit in order 
in order to buy a house, right? Exactly. So, I mean, what kind of questions did you guys have specifically about it? Or do you just want me to kind of go over what the differences are? You can start going over it. And I bet me and Kim will both have questions, right? Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, a, and a lot of this, I think, you know, having the uh, millennials coming into the, the market more recently and getting to that age where they want to buy a house. And some of them don't have any credit or their credit is poor because of student loans or whatever the case may yeah, be. What do you tell someone who just graduated from college that has hardly any credit except for maybe their student loans? How do they prepare their credit to buy a house? Um, I mean, it depends on if they have trade lines. The easiest you know, card to get approved for for a new student would be a store card. A Target card, whatever, you know, just a general store card. Um, those are usually the easiest. TJ Maxx, something along those lines, get a few hundred dollar limit. That's where I would start. You're never going to go, I mean, unless their credit's ideal or maybe they had their parents sign them on as an authorized user. For instance, that, like, if Kim was my mom and I needed a better credit score. <laughs> That's how it could be. Now, if I was, <laughs> and I needed a better credit score, I could say, hey, Kim, would you mind adding me as an authorized user? You mean, to, hey, mom. Oh, yeah, hey, mom, sorry. <laughs> would you mind adding me as an authorized user to your card? And whatever history she has with now, that card, whether it's 10 years, 20 years, will now show on my report. But if she gives me a card and I go out and charge whatever I want to it and don't pay the bill, it actually negatively impacts her too. So the trick is if you're doing that, to have you know someone that you trust as the authorized user, so well you can, you know, if you're a mother or father, you could put your kid, on, yeah. give them a card, and, and like card. not actually give them the card if you're smart. And it shows on credit as an authorized user, and the yeah. bureaus have kind of you know caught on to the fact that people are doing that. But it's not; they're not saying that you can't do it. They're just it's just bringing in the history, so it's allowing you to now you know maybe show a little bit more than you had previously. But yeah, the store card is always the first thing to start with. For someone who had, you know, credit at one point and then started, you know, missing payments and got bad credit, had some collections on there, and now they no longer have any credit cards, instead of a store card, the best thing to do would be open a secured card. And how that works is your limit is what you give them. So if I want a $500 limit, I have to hand them $500. And most secured cards come with a nice yearly fee because they know why you're using them. You're going to pay 100 or, you know, 70 to $100 a year to use that service to have a secured card. But then it does re report to your credit as and, a trade line. And what is that, through a bank or through? It's usually, I mean, Capital One has a, you know, a good secured program that I usually refer clients to. Just say, hey, let's do a $200 card to start. And then you pay on that for a few months and then you can up the limit, things like that. So it, it take, it, there's steps involved, but you can get there. Um Another easy trick is to go to a local credit union. And similar to a secured credit card, you can open a secured loan. So I can give the credit union $1,000 and then borrow my exact money back from myself, essentially, but it reports to credit. That's all that matters is having it report as a new positive trade line because the, the stuff that was done is now done. You need mm -hmm. to now show it's an algorithm that the bureaus use. You just need to show, all right, there's new credit and he's paying on time or she's paying on time. Okay, all right. So yeah, I mean, the breakdown of credit, I think it's, I mean, I have it written down, it's 30% how it works. 30% is what you owe, all right? 35% is your credit or your payment history. Then you have 10% is new credit, 15% is length of credit, and then 10% is mix of credit. So if you have five credit cards, that's not considered a mix of credit. You need a credit card, you need a, 
you need a car loan, maybe a mortgage, you know, student loans. That's a diversity of credit. That's what the bureaus, the algorithm that they use look for. And why do student loans have such a large impact on credit? Usually if you're in, I know when you're doing a rental and you give an application, the landlord always wants to see a credit report or a credit score. If the scores are significantly low, most often you see that the person has had student loans or they still have student loans. So why does that impact them so much? The balances are so high. I mean, that's really what I but think. But what if they're, pay- uh, they're paying them, they're, they're on a program where they pay it monthly, whatever the case may be. It has to do with the balance, really. So, I mean, whatever their limit was, let's say that they borrowed, you know, $100,000 to go to school and they still owe 90000 that's right up at the limit, you know, and that's what the algorithm looks for. So when I converted my car lease to a purchase, my lease showed on my credit as basically zero. And now when I converted it to a purchase, now I have this huge loan again to pay it off, you know, each month and my credit score dropped. And then over time, as you continue to pay, the balance goes down and, you know, the credit score goes up. So it really- Does the, is it better than for like a young person to do a lease because it doesn't show that they owe a large amount? It's just a monthly payment? I mean, it does just what reports on credit as a lease is all of your payments over the course of the lease. So if your lease costs you $6,000 for three years, it will start at 6000 okay. and then work your way down. So either way, it either shows way. it shows what you, you know, like that you owe something. Correct. Okay. Yep. And there's also an algorithm as far as what your balances are on your credit card and to what you, and owe. To what you owe. Yeah. Go ahead. I usually tell people I think the rule of thumb is under 30% of mm-hmm. what you owe or what your balance is. I'm sorry, what your limit is. I usually tell people keep it around 10 if you can, because I mean, less is more sometimes. But yeah, if you have a $1,000 limit and you owe $900, when that reports, it will impact you negatively. So when people say, oh, I use my cards all the time, I pay my bills on time, that's great. But if it's at the limit, it's not gonna matter whether you pay it or not. So one of the easiest things that we do when someone calls me and they're just under, let's say, Pricing that would get them like considered elite pricing, for instance, where we're just maybe five or six points off. I can have them pay down one of their credit cards and then do a rapid rescore and have those points reflect on the score. And then that's what I would submit. Now, you were mentioning to me before um, earlier today about getting a another credit card and then it shows that you have more credit. Do you is that a good thing for somebody to do? Like, say, say I have a, a, a Visa card and. I have a thousand dollar limit and I owe five hundred dollars on it. And then would it be a good idea to get another credit card that I have a thousand dollar limit on, but I have not I owe nothing on it? Okay, hold that thought yeah. and Mike think, think about, about that. that. Mike. When we come back, we will answer that question for everyone and stay tuned. Again, this is WTBQ, the real real estate show. We will be back. I'm Carol Rogers. 
We are excited to announce our partnership with Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty and to introduce you to the Carol Rogers Real Estate Team. Susan and I listen and strive to make your experience stress-free. And I'm Susan Schneider. Between Carol and myself, we have sold over 200 homes at Warwick Grove alone. And now we also cover the greater Hudson Valley. Visit us at carolrogerssells.com for a complimentary market analysis and we will answer all of your real estate questions. Chris Steritz has been an award-winning associate broker for more than 28 years. Chris's vast knowledge of Orange County ensures that your goals will be met whether you are a buyer or a seller, and she will help with your home inspection, mortgage, and appraisal process. She's also a specialist in corporate relocation, and the home inventory on her website is always current. For more information or to contact Chris, visit chrissteritz.randrealty.com. If you missed the Frank Truett Show, here's what you missed. 705, let's take a vote. Is Taylor still alive? Is Taylor Barely. still alive? Barely. Taylor? <laughs> Apparently not. Taylor? Taylor? Hello. 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 Well, Hello. you are the last one to get the illness oh. that's been going around, Taylor. Congratulations. Thank you so much. You are the last. You've been voted the off the radio. Oh, man. <laughs> A Frank Truat Show, weekday mornings till 9 on WTBQ. Hi, this is Professor Richard Hull, host of the Warwick Historical Society's weekly show, History Alive. Tune in every Monday at 11.05 to learn how history is your past, present, and future. W. WTBQ radio worth listening to. WTBQ weather. We have cloudy skies with periods of rain, and there could be a thunderstorm during the afternoon. We do have some patchy fog around this morning. High near 70. Tonight, scattered showers or a thunderstorm, then drizzling fog overnight. We head down to the mid-50s. Cloudy periods of rain and cool tomorrow with a high only in the upper 50s. Tomorrow night, there is a chance of some light rain and drizzle. We'll drop off to 50. It remains very cool. And for Wednesday, look for light rain in the morning. Cloudy with a shower or two in the afternoon in the lower 60s. I'm meteorologist Tony Salimo from the WTBQ Weather Center. WTBQ. I'm going to make this place your home. Hi, we're back with The Real Real Estate Show, and this is Grace Warren with my co-host Kim Starks, and we're here with Mike Van Manzart this morning, and we're talking about credit. Thank you for joining, everybody. Hello. (laughs) If you have any questions, you can call in at 651-1110. Yes, we welcome any phone calls. So your question was, should I open new credit cards? Yeah, should you open a new credit card if to, to... so to establish more credit, does that make your credit score go up? There's an easier way to do what you're trying to accomplish, and it's probably the better way because it doesn't involve actually running an inquiry on your report. Okay. Um, if I were to go out and apply for, let's say, a Chase card or something tomorrow, um, I would it would show as an inquiry on my report, and it would show as a credit card inquiry. All, the easier way to do it would just be to call my creditor that I have now, and if I have a $1,000 limit, I could ask them for it. Um, an increased limit. Okay. That's and that actually shows it's not an inquiry on your report because they already have it. It's called a soft pull. Mm-hmm. So they do one of I don't know, I mean how they do it in their system, but basically it does not show as an inquiry, but it it does still review your information and your payment history with that creditor. So if you're missing payments, obviously they're not going to give you a limit increase. But if you paid on time, normally about six months is what they want to see. You just give them a call and say, hey, you know, I've been paying on time. Do you think I can do a, a limit increase based on here's my salary or whatever it is? And nine times out of ten, they grant it. Um, I haven't seen them 
not grant it unless there's a reason behind it. So you mentioned the word soft pull and oftentimes, and this may be going off topic a little bit, but we'll get a buyer, you know, somebody who wants to come in and buy a house and hopefully they have a pre-approval. And most often it's, you know, from a bank that they've been dealing with. I always like to recommend that they get a second or a third opinion because different places offer different terms and different programs. Uh, Some of them are very concerned about pulling credit too frequently and that that lowers their score. So they're almost afraid to go and ask for another opinion. Well, they know enough that when their credit score gets pulled that that it, it, it does something to the credit. Right. But for for mortgages or loans or anything to that effect, Mike, does it does it affect it as strongly? It can. I mean, I like to there's a period of time in a month that you're allowed to run your credit multiple times to shop around for a loan. I think the period's two weeks, I want to say um, that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau put in place so that people can shop around for a mortgage, because the last thing you want to do is, you know, Put yourself only with one lender and not get a second opinion and be fearful that if your score drops three points that you're not going to be able to get approved for the loan. So um, yes, you can shop around. Will it negatively impact you? It depends on who you went with originally. So if I go buy a car, they pull my credit like eight times. If you've ever noticed your credit report after you buy a car, they shop it around to eight different lenders. Who's ever going to give them whatever the best financing option is, that's who they usually select and that's who they kind of talk to you about with with lenders we run it once you know i don't need to shop it around to eight different people so it is different um they they can shop it around without it negatively impacting but i like to i mean i'm never going to tell someone i don't know how this algorithm exactly works we kind of have an idea good luck getting it out of you know the credit bureaus (laughs) right so i like to tell people if it does impact you it may be as little as three points you know what does dramatically impacted as if you apply for a mortgage and then you go out and apply for a credit card and then you go out and apply for a card or a car that will that's multiple credit pulls from different agencies so when a bank runs it we request a certain fico um, version all right when a car company runs it they request a certain fico version same with you know when you run and you do insurance it's an insurance pull when you guys get people that say oh my credit karma score is x amount whatever it is that is completely different than what we see. So it could be high on credit karma and what we pull could be lower or higher. So it it's such a, you know, it varies so much. Right. And if anybody has any questions, where can they reach you, Mike? Uh, they can call me directly at 845-239-6565. And what's your website? HudsonUnited.com. Mike <laughs> Van actually, Mansart? Yeah, I think it's slash Mike Van Mansart. I don't know. We have an online. You can find me. I'm in the pictures there. Just click through. <laughs> on HudsonUnited.com. Call him or it's, text yeah, him on his cell phone. <laughs> definitely easier to call me. I can answer your questions better that way. Great. And I can tell you that Mike sits there and he has his headphones on constantly. He's always on the phone answering the phone. So <laughs> always. I see him all the time doing that. You think, you know, you start a conversation with him and all of a sudden he's just like, he puts his hand up and he says... I'm on, shakes, I'm, I'm on the phone. phone. I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone. <laughs> he's, he's one of our sponsors here at the radio show, by the way. So thank you, Mike, for being a sponsor. Welcome. It's very helpful to help to keep the real real estate show alive. Yes. And our sure. other sponsors, actually, speaking of sponsors, we have to mention Chris Starrett's associate broker with Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty is also a sponsor of the show, as well as Carol Rogers and Susan Schneider of the Carol Rogers team at Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty. So thank you to our sponsors. 
Yes. So, Grace, did you have any other questions for Mike? Or, Mike, is there anything else that you wanted to to talk about as far as I mean, credit repair? A lot and- of the things that I get questions about um, that we look at, I mean, on credit from a banking perspective is um, medical collections we actually don't care about. Uh, most really? lenders don't, you know, we don't take that against you. It already did the, the negative impact to your score. So there's not much we can do about that. But with medical collections, it's not something we frown upon. If you own $5,000 in a, in a medical collection, we don't consider it having to be repaid. The underwriter doesn't require it to be repaid. Um, That's any, interesting. Yeah. I, That's I didn't interesting. know that. Any collections, however, that are not medical that are over $2,000, um, FHA, for instance, wants either a repayment plan in place or for you to pay them um, or to settle them. So what I usually tell people if they have large collections is they these collection companies bought them for pennies on the dollar. So, and the damage has already been done to your credit. If you feel obligated to pay that because you, it was your debt and you feel like, Hey, um, I want to repay the full amount that I borrowed by all means, write the check and pay it. But because the collector or the collection agency really bought it for probably nothing, you have the ability to negotiate. I mean, if you owe 2000, you know, say, listen, I have 200 take it or leave it, or, you know, go back and forth a little bit with them and uh, make sure before you send them anything that they're going to give you a satisfaction letter, a paid in full letter, because they will bully you. I mean, there's laws in place that that protect you from them, but I don't know many collectors that actually follow those laws. (laughs) Like they really try to tell you that you're committing a crime by not paying this debt and that you can you know, you're subject to jail time. That's all false. I mean, it's wow. really, yeah. By that time, the creditor actually has sold it, you're saying. Correct. So yeah. they're they're done with you. Like, say it's Citibank Visa or something. They're done with you at this yeah. point. So now the creditor, the, the collection company ha- owns this debt. Yep. And that's who you're going to be able to negotiate with. The original collector or the original um, person that you borrowed the money for was, you know, like you said, City, for instance. If they're still reporting and just reporting you as late and that's still owed to them, you have a better chance getting a positive impact on your score by calling them directly and saying, okay, such and such bank, I owe you $1,000. I'd like to settle with you, but can you give me a paid as agreed letter? And what that paid as agreed letter is, you submit it to the bureaus, it shows all those missed payments, they go away. So it takes whatever the negative items were and now shows a positive trade line. Yes, it's closed, you know, and paid in full, but a bank would rather have give you a letter that says paid as agreed and get all of the money that you owed them instead of selling it to a collection agency and getting pennies on the dollar. So you do have a little bit of negotiating there. Um, that's most of the stuff, it gets shot right off to collection right away. But if you do have a chance to get a, ahead of time, try to do that, ask for a paid as agreed letter and you can submit it to the bureaus and they'll update the trade line. Interesting. That is interesting. Very interesting. Speaking of of Mike, he usually calls in on Mondays, but he's here personally <laughs> to do our mortgage minute. So do we have time how, for our mortgage minute? I think so. Yeah, okay. I mean, how are interest rates? They actually improved a little bit towards Thursday and Friday of last week. They're kind of pulling back today from, my, from where I saw the bond market. So um, I haven't priced anything this morning. I kind of came right over, but I would imagine that they're still right in the 4% range for you know a 30-year fixed, and uh, FHA I, is a lot lower. I actually saw something this morning. It was 3-something. Could that On possibly be? On a 15-year, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, Maybe the 15-year is kind of like the new thing that's going around. Everyone wants the lowest interest rate possible. The banks are not making money at 
4% over 30 years. So on a 15-year note, they'll give you a better interest rate because they're going to collect the debt sooner. So that's kind of how they dangle. So that yeah, carrot. I've seen yeah, I've seen a lot of people asking me for those, but I also tell them, you know, once it's a 15-year, now you're obligated to this debt on credit. So if you go to apply for another mortgage, maybe a second home, instead of paying $1,500 a month, it's almost double what your normal payment would be on a 30-year. So now you're obligated on credit to that payment. Mm -hmm. So the best thing to do, I mean, if, if you really want to pay off your house sooner, would be a 30-year mortgage and make a 15-year payment because you can easily run those numbers and pay your house off in that time frame. Right, right. And have you been seeing a lot of uh, refinances? And refinance, the interest rates are, are different, correct? Yeah, it depends on the refinance. If it's a, you know, a rate and term um, versus cash out, they can be different. But the rates, I mean, they all pull from the same money, so they're gonna be pretty much the same. You may have a little impact if you pull cash out, for instance, you know, a bank may put an eighth of a percent on there or something like that. Is it easier to refinance to than a regular mortgage? It's not, right? It's the same thing, isn't it? How do you mean like, versus purchasing or? Yeah, like if I decided today I wanted to refinance my loan, do I go through the same process as a regular mortgage? Pretty much, yeah, we're gonna verify okay. your income. There's only one real program that we don't verify anything and it's a streamlined refinance. If you have an FHA loan already, we actually don't need the house appraised. We don't need um, new income documents because the loan's already insured by FHA. We just do a mortgage credit report on you. So it just shows us your payment on your mortgage. We don't see any of your other consumer data. And as long as we're lowering your interest rate and we're keeping your balance the same, we can't increase your balance, meaning you cannot finance the cost. So like if you're paying your taxes, for instance, in the refi, we can't increase your balance with a streamline. So you either have to come up with the money or we have to build in lender credits to help you offset those costs. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Have you been seeing an uptick in uh, new buyers and new mortgage applications? Yeah, well, I mean, he must. He said he worked all weekend. <laughs> I right? know he did. <laughs> I think I was, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, really, the biggest thing is the inventory. I, there's a lot of buyers out there. They're trying to find houses that, from what I've seen. And the builders are getting on board now. I've seen a lot of new construction coming up um, here and there. So, yeah, I mean, they're out there. It's really just getting them to find the house. Right. And hopefully one that doesn't need major repairs. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And speaking of new construction, you do construction loans? Mm -hmm. Okay. I nice. mean, we do construction to permanent, meaning we're, we're going to let the builder finance the build, and then the minute he gets the CO, we'll close on it. We do have a lender that does solely construction loans, but have I messed with them much? No, because there's a lot of moving parts, and... You usually have to own the land or they'll finance the land, but only at 80%. So it's easier if a builder has the money to have him finance the build and then we close on it essentially the day the CEO comes in. I mean, that construction loan would be if you're building the house yourself, not if you're working with a like, you know, in, a, in builder, a development. Yeah. Like if you buy the land and you want to GC a property yourself, that's when you would do a construction loan. Yep. And they're bridge loans, essentially. They're, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, $200,000, and then once you have the CO, it's, it converts into a standard loan. So. Right, right, okay, gotcha. That hasn't gotcha. changed much, I think, in the past 20 years. I wish they'd make them easier, honestly, because there's a lot of people that probably could build and buy, but they're just, I don't know. You save a lot of money that way, too. You do. It's, it's more of a process, though, and I think it scares people away. <laughs> oh. oh, it does. I mean, because you're, you're doing the work. Yeah. You're doing the work that a general contractor would be doing. If you're doing it and yourself. 
Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, you kind of have to know what you're doing, <laughs> right. for sure. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay, so we will be taking another break. Wow, these segments are going so quick today. We're having a great conversation. So please stay tuned. More to come, and we will be back to WTBQ, radio worth listening to. This is Grace Warren, a licensed real estate agent for Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty for more than 17 years. And I'm ready to hear your wants and needs, and then I will help you fulfill your goals. As a full-time residential specialist and longtime resident of Orange County, I know the Orange County market very well, and whether you're a buyer or seller, my priority is your satisfaction. For more information, please visit my website, gracewarren.randrealty.com, and let's get together. Hudson United Mortgage, the number one mortgage company, specializes in residential loans in New York and New Jersey, where Mike Vanman Smart is offering first-time homebuyers low down payment options and a mortgage that saves you money and time. Hudson United Mortgage is a broker and correspondent lender licensed in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut and specializes in residential loans in all three states. There are low down payments for first-time home buyers, and they'll offer you a $100 gift card just to look at your offer from another lender. To set up an appointment or for more information, go to HudsonMortgage.com. Hudson United Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 152355, is an NY limited liability company and operates with the following licenses. Licensed correspondent mortgage lender by the NJ Department of Banking and Insurance, a registered mortgage broker with the NYS Department of Financial Services. All NY loans are arranged through third-party lenders, not affiliated with Hudson United Bank. Hi, this is Christine Koenig with Better Homes and Garden Rand Realty, and I love real estate. I grew up helping my dad fix up his investment properties. That knowledge and experience has fueled my passion for real estate. Licensed in New York and New Jersey, I focus my business in Orange, Sussex, and Passaic counties. Check out my website at christinekoenig.randrealty.com or listen to The Real Real Estate Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. This is attorney Bob Kruhulik of the law firm Bating Kruhulik, the lawyer guy here on WTBQ Radio. Tune in every Tuesday at 12 noon for the latest legal advice and tips. We're taking calls and giving answers to all your legal questions right here on WTBQ. This is Michael Newhart, the mayor of the village of Warwick. Please join me and my guests every Thursday at 11 a.m. for Warwick at 150. Discover 150 years of the village's rich history and the spectacular events taking place over the next year on WTBQ. WTBQ. I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning. We're back at WTBQ Radio Worth Listening To, and you're listening to The Real Real Estate Show with myself, Grace Warren, and my co-hosts, Kim Starks today, and we're here with Mike Van Manzart from Hudson United Mortgage. Hello. And for those who were just tuning in, uh, Mike is here talking about credit and credit repair and ways that you might be able to build credit. So for those of you who missed that segment, please feel free to call us at 845-651-1110, or you can reach Mike directly at... 845 845- Two three nine six five six five. Very good. Okay, so do you have some further updates for us? I mean, there's really only one more thing in terms of, I guess it's not really credit repair, it's just a positive impact. I mentioned it on a mortgage minute I did a few weeks ago. On July 1st, the, um, the credit bureaus are changing how they report certain things on your credit report. Um, so most tax liens and civil judgments will no longer report on your, on your um, 
will no longer be shown on your report. And if it is a verified lien, then it will be there, obviously. But what's changed is now the credit bureaus are requiring that the people and companies that put these liens and judgments on you verify four bits of information before they can just, you know, slap one on there and, uh, and kind of, you know, for instance, if I just decided that Kim owed me money and I wanted to put a lien on her, there's not nothing really stopping me from putting a lien, at, like a contractor's lien, for instance, on her. So now there's steps in place to verify that information. I might have to know her social, her date of birth, where she lives, more stuff than just her name, you know, okay. what state she resides in. So it's not going to impact everyone, but I'd be surprised if, you know, people that do have liens and judgments on their score that they know about, Come July 1st, maybe wait towards the end of the month and run your credit. It could be up as much as 20 points wow. from that, just falling off. Yeah. So they they say that's going to impact about 12 million people in the country, which isn't wow, a huge is, amount, but, you know, it's still it's better than nothing. Amount. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'm glad because really I, there's constantly times where people share names with maybe their dad, exactly. whatever, a relative in a whole nother state or not even a relative, just they share a name. And that stuff ends up on someone's report. Yeah, that happened that to my son, yeah, actually. They don't know anything about it. And I'm like, you know, such and such, what is this on your credit? And they're like, I have no idea. And right. I'm like, well, do you share a name with someone? Do you? Did you ever live here? So this is just kind of a checks and balance that they put in place to make sure that they can't just put it on there yeah, without my, doing some kind of verification. My son had somebody that was born on the same exact day with the same exact name. No. Yeah. And he was a convicted felon. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm sure you've been to closings where you hear the attorney, the, the buyer has to sign off on the paper saying that this is the name that they're going by because there's other people that have the same name and they have to verify that it's not them. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's it, it's funny. That actually has happened to, yeah, to us as it well. It didn't actually affect his credit. I mean, maybe someday it will. But this he was getting a, a security clearance from the military. And they they questioned him. They they were like, "You were in jail for this felony," and he said, "What? What? What do you mean?" He didn't know. Oh my god, that's scary. Yeah, I mean that's that could impact a job. You know, yeah. you think about it. <laughs> it could definitely, and then you have to go through all kinds of hoops to prove oh, it. Yeah. Or it's, it's, it's so much harder to remove it once it's on there than it is <laughs> to just for them to just put it right on there. I mean, it's a battle, mm -hmm. and you do have to do. You know, it's a, it's a process mm -hmm. to get it on yep. there. Right. Well, okay. So that was great. All great information. And again, you know, Mike Van Mansart, he's here. He'll answer any questions that you might have. And as well, you know, myself, um, you can reach me at 845-258-7290. Or Grace Warren, you can reach at 845-742-4361. Very good. Good. So the, the last part of the show, we, we generally like to go over a couple of things that are going to be coming up um, in the area this weekend, this coming weekend. Um, WTBQ is a an independent radio station broadcasting from Warwick, and it's actually the last locally owned radio station in Orange County, um, broadcasting on 1110 AM and 93.5 FM throughout Orange County and northern New Jersey. So I actually feel very special that we can be part of this. And what a great so asset this is to our community here. So speaking of community events, Grace, um, I know you have a few, but there's one thing I want to mention. I believe that Grappa Restaurant is opening today. Oh, today? I think so. I think I saw that on Facebook. And uh, hopefully that's, that's the case and that they'll... 
they'll have a good turnout. I believe if it if it is today, I believe that they're opening the uh, Warwick Village Music Series as well. Um, oh, okay. That, uh, not the not the one on the green, but the one the one on Thursday on the courtyard. Usually, it's Monday. Oh, it's Monday. I think it's going to be Mondays and Thursdays, if I believe correctly. But anyway, you can check on their Facebook page if you're looking for more information. So, what else do you have, Grace? What else is going on? Um. There's a street fair this weekend in Greenwood Lake on Saturday. Nice. Mm-hmm. And um, I also saw at the Orchard Hill Cider Mill, which is in, oh gosh, now I forgot where that was. Is that New Hampton? Uh, yeah, that's right, New Hampton. Uh, there's a speakeasy. It's oh. actually at Soon's Orchards. Oh, okay. So yeah, and uh, I walked in there one day. It's a great place. Mm-hmm. It really is. So mm-hmm. definitely. Have you ever been there? No, I've never been. So the speakeasy, I mean, it's behind a hidden door, right? Because I've walked into a speakeasy <laughs> that was a laundromat, and like you walk through these doors, and <laughs> all of a sudden you're downstairs in this, you know, bar. But is that what so it is? So it's kind or, of hidden. Is that no, what you're that's saying? The, that's the whole point of a speakeasy. That's why when you said speakeasy, I'm like, all right. So where's the hidden? <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't know. Well, I just I've never saw been it on... to that, so maybe we should do it. When yeah. is it? It's this weekend. What on, day? Uh, Saturday evening. Very, very cool. Yeah, um, and then. I didn't realize this, Kim, you knew this, that they have live music at the Edenville General Store on the yes. weekends. That's yes. kind of cool. I have That's never gone, place. but I've seen seen all the cars there and have seen it. And uh, if anybody wants to know more about these events, where did you find these, Grace? At the Orange County Tourism. There's one other, too, that is in Warwick on Sunday, the um, the Pride Parade. Oh, that's this weekend. I think, yeah, I saw that in the advertiser. So you can check that out, too. There's community events in there as well. But most Very of nice. these came from orangecountytourism.org. You can find a lot of market's different... The Farmer's Market's back, right? Every the farmer, Farmer's Market in War, uh, Warwick is mm-hmm. is on every Sunday. And then the one in Florida, the Village of Florida, is going to be starting, I think, next Tuesday. Right. Yeah, they're going to be on Tuesdays. So that's always great as yeah. well. Yeah. And uh, just there's there's always so much going on, so be sure to visit uh, orangecountytourism.org. Um, you can always find events also on Facebook and uh, local chambers, you know, Warwick Valley Chamber and the Goshen Chamber and Orange County Chamber. So they all list upcoming events and local papers and everything. Yeah, and if you're in the village of Warwick, stop by our office at uh, 25 Railroad Avenue. We have such a cool building you it's really should come in. in it's worth just coming in. <laughs> Even if you have no interest in real estate, still come into the building because it's beautiful. We love to show people around. It's a great building. We have a lot of photographs from the Historical Society that are hanging on our walls, and we have a really cool old safe. Yes. Actually, somebody came in yesterday, and they were commenting on that. That's always, always great. Yeah, it's a great, it's a really great building. So please stop in and see us. We're happy to show you around. Very nice. And there, I heard that this past weekend on Saturday was the um, event at Winslow. Oh, yeah. Um, and I heard it was a great success. I'm so sorry that I missed it, but I heard it was great. So shout out to everybody who put that together and who attended that. Um, so it sounds like we're going to be wrapping up. And again, I'd like to thank everybody for listening in today to The Real Real Estate Thanks, Show. Thanks, for coming. Thank, thank you, you for Mike. having me. Thanks, Grace. Your community radio station since 1969.